Hello creatives, Jay here, and you are listening to episode 21 of 99% Perspiration. This is a weekly podcast bringing you interviews and advice from today's creative and artistic professionals so that you can get the inspiration, the confidence and the know-how to turn your creative calling into a career. Now, usually on 99% Perspiration, we chat to two different people across different industries, but this week we're shaking up the formula a little. Back in October, the Student Radio Association held training days in various regions around the UK, inviting professionals from the world of radio to talk about their experiences and offer advice to students who are interested in following a career in radio. We were invited to chat with their industry guests at the Northeast and Yorkshire training day. So, on episode 21 of 99% Perspiration. I think it's all about getting all the tools you can to put yourself ahead of the competition. Experience is definitely one of those things and student radio is perfect for that. Steve and Karen from Metro Radio based in Newcastle. This duo hosts the breakfast show on Metro and as you'll hear they both took different routes to get to where they are. There is so much different work around and so much satisfaction to be had. There are so many different ways of getting your kicks in this business. Doug Morris is the managing editor at BBC News in Newcastle. He's had a wealth of experience as a journalist throughout various roles in the BBC, but you can still tell that his passion is well and truly alive. If you want to be on the radio, you want to work in a newsroom, and you've got that determination and that drive behind you, then there shouldn't really be anything stopping you. Anna Harding is the regional news editor for Global Radio. Again, she's got great advice for you if you're interested in following a career in radio journalism. There wasn't this level of university radio, which certainly didn't have a spark at Worcester University. Um, so to have a platform like it, I think the biggest part is making mistakes. Tom Campbell is the presenter of Hearts Drive Show. He's one of those larger-than-life people. No, seriously, he's zany. But a very good kind of zany and very inspiring giving his talk. When I first arrived, they were like, if you have any ideas for any shows. So it's good in that respect, you can kind of shape it. Emma Snook is a producer at Amazing Radio based in Gateshead. She's definitely an advocate for getting experience or internships, as you'll hear in the podcast. Anything that you record from your own voice or somebody else's, if you're looking to use their voice in production for your show or your radio station, keep every single file. And Kyle Wilkinson. He's the voice of BBC Radio 1, which means he's the guy that you'll hear saying all the words around the presenters. Like this. Newsbeat. Kyle is full of tips and advice if you're interested in pursuing voiceover or voice acting as a career. Episode 21 would not have been possible if it weren't for my two guest producers who conducted interviews for this episode. A huge thank you to both Steph Finnegan and 99% veteran Ruth Koraya. And as usual, we like to host music artists on 99% Perspiration. Firstly, to help share their music further, and secondly, to give you a taste of what's going on outside of the mainstream music scene. So this week, it's Northeast-based punk band Spitfire Bullets. So and if you like their stuff, you can check them out on facebook.com forward slash Spitfire Bullets Band or on soundcloud.com 
forward slash spitfire hyphen bullets. To stay in touch with 99% Perspiration, you can find us on Twitter. We are at 99podcast. Our website is 99podcast.com. And we have a growing community on Facebook where we swap ideas and advice. And you can find that by searching for 99% Perspiration on Facebook. I'm Ruth Kalaya and we're covering the SRA training day for the Northeast and Yorkshire. And uh, it's the first talk of the day, Stephen Caron, Metro Radio now, many years on Capital, 14 years doing breakfast show together. You talked about uh, that you have to keep it fresh. How do you keep it fresh after 14 years? That's a very good question. <laughs> and when you find out, let us know. Um, I think it's just about always thinking about what you're doing and thinking about new ways to talk about something. And if it's a subject you might have talked about lots of different times, can you think of a different angle on it maybe? Um, so for example, if we were talking about um, pet names, you know, your pet names that your boyfriend and girlfriend call each other, is there something else you could do with that rather than just saying what your pet name is? Maybe find out where it came from, where would you use it, where would be the worst place someone could call you your pet name, rather than just doing the same question time and time again. I think another good uh, bit of, uh, of advice is also asking other people around you who maybe weren't working on the show when, when you first did the topic and what their take on it would be. So that's another way of keeping it fresh. Do you think also in that matter... Uh social media being so integrated in, into the radio content has helped you to keep it fresh or does it make things harder because everybody has an opinion? I think it's a bit of both. I think it certainly made it easier because people are more likely to tweet or Facebook a comment than actually ring a radio station. So we can uh, tweet out a question or put a question on our Facebook page and use the answers we get from our followers or listeners um, as content and we can talk about that. But sometimes it makes it hard because like you say, there are the keyboard warriors out there who will just put negative things about everything, but you just have to ignore them. Another great thing about Twitter is because we follow a lot of our followers back. So if maybe you're having a morning where you're getting stuck for ideas, you can see what your followers are up to and maybe get show content from that as well so so you're kind of touching with reality if you like so you, you're getting a flavor of what's going on out there rather than you just being sat in your little box before you talked about how you come from very different backgrounds like you had no real uh, proper training you went to the university and your life experience showed you that that was the way to do because you had no real life skills and whatnot do you think that nowadays things have changed and like for instance uh, doing what Steve did would be much harder because the competition is much harder and being in a student radio would help you? I definitely think student radio will help you massively. I mean what I did, um, I, I've got no academic qualifications and like Karen, I, uh, I started off on a radio station, well hospital radio and then went to uh, an in-store radio station in a shop called Radio Top Shop. So in a way, that was kind of my student radio, except I didn't have anyone telling me what to do. I just went in and just did what I wanted to do. So, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think student radio is a massive, massive help to get into radio these days. I do think times have changed, and I think it's actually terrifying. If I was starting out now, I'd be more frightened than I was when I did start out. And I think it's all about getting all the tools you can to put yourself ahead of the competition. Experience is definitely one of those things, and student radio is perfect for that. It gives you a, a practice ground, and it gives you somewhere to show your commitment to the job as well, that you're volunteering, you're not being paid to do that, so you're showing a good work, skills, ethics, you know, you're showing the fact that you'll get out of bed when you don't have to. It's definitely the way forward. Any extra tips for the newcomers? 
Ooh, don't be too good because we'd quite like to keep our jobs <laughs> if you don't mind. That's the best tip you could possibly give, Karen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hi, my name is Stephanie Finnegan from Spark FM and I'm reporting from the North East and Yorkshire Region Training Day. I'm here with Doug Morris, the editor of BBC Newscastle. He's been telling us about behind the scenes at BBC Newscastle and what goes into making a radio show. BBC training schemes and work experience placements are known for being quite prestigious. Um, what's one piece of advice you'd give to someone trying to break into the BBC? Uh, you have to stand out, really. I mean, it is having that piece of work that makes you stand out. I mean, I particularly remember someone who'd done a piece, uh, everything via Skype, about refugees in southern Sudan and their medical treatment. And it was the initiative they'd shown uh, in getting that piece together, in making all the relevant contacts that made me think that they'd really had put in that extra piece of work, that extra piece of effort to bring that piece together. They'd also gone on and sold it to, uh, to I think it was the Huffing Huffington Post, but it was just that, that initiative that made me think, yeah, they've really got what it takes. And what advice would you give for a freelancer who would want to pitch to the BBC? Uh, be skilled, be lucky, be persistent and be willing to travel. What advice would you give for people with strong accents or accents that don't match that of the local radio station? Uh, don't worry about it because there, there is so much different work around. If, if you haven't got an on-air talent, say, or one that suits that particular uh, service, transmission service area, TSA, then um, it may be that your accent isn't as bad as you, or as, as different as you think it is anyway. Uh, but there is so much different work around and so much satisfaction to be had. I love program, program production. I had to come in and rewrite a, a program on Sunday with the the end of Dick Avocar's uh, brief tenure at Sunderland, and sitting down and writing a programme again, even though it ruined my Sunday afternoon, is just terrific. And making it, you know, making it right, knowing it's going to sound right, and then sitting back and hearing it come out the wireless again, all again the next morning, is just so rewarding. There are so many different ways of getting your kicks in this business. What do you think of the atmosphere here today? I think it's really good. I, I, th I think... Um, you know, it, it's a long time since I was a student, but student radio is vital. Get, getting that opportunity to get out and, you know, quite possibly make your mistakes in relative privacy um, is, is absolutely crucial because it gives you that, those air miles, it gives you that time, it gives you that experience that you can build on and actually hone yourself so that when you finally get to the point of doing it in a professional environment, you feel so much more confident having done it. When I started as a trainee, those who hadn't been in student radio, I felt actually were way behind me because they just didn't have that on-air confidence or that production confidence that I had through such experience that I had in student radio. It's the end. I'm all washed up. Hi, I'm Anna Harding. I'm regional news editor for Global Radio in the North East and Yorkshire. Oh, it's great to see so many young people who are, you know, coming through the ranks. They're learning the skills that they need to to be the next people going into into the radio industry. It's really exciting to see so much young talent and and people showing an interest in in getting into student radio. I mean, it was important for me to come along myself. I started off in student radio down at Nottingham Trent University. It just stood me in great stead to, to get to, to where I am now. 
So I think really for, for the people who are interested in a career in, in radio and in journalism, I think the main thing is to keep doing what you're doing. If you're doing a course in radio, if you're getting involved in student radio, you're already halfway there. Um, the one main piece of advice is really make sure that you're getting yourself out there. Get your name seen while you're at university because then when you come to apply for jobs once you've graduated, you're not suddenly just a name on a piece of paper. People can put the face to the name, they know what you're like, you've been in, you've worked in their newsrooms, that kind of thing. And I think that really is, is very important um, to make sure that you've got that practical um, knowledge and understanding of, of a working newsroom. I think really the main um, piece of advice is just keep doing what you're doing. If, if you want to be on the radio, you want to work in a newsroom and you've got that determination and that drive behind you, then there shouldn't really be anything stopping you. But from my previous experience, you've got to live and breathe and just consume news, radio, everything so that you know you've got that understanding of of what it is like in the real world and obviously you know things that you do at the university and things that you do on on student radio gives you a really good insight into that so my main advice is just keep doing what you're doing make those contacts with people in the industry early as early as you can get your name out there we are all really busy in our jobs and uh, you know if you don't get an email back from somebody who works in a newsroom don't be offended by it it's not because we don't want to it's because we've not got round to it yet but that said if you want to get out there then you know send through some some audio it's all very well and good sending through an email and we can you know converse on email but I want to hear what you sound like and that kind of thing so make those contacts it's a piece of advice <laughs> I've been very fortunate in my career I've worked hard, but I've also been in the right place at the right time, which isn't really very helpful. But um, it's, again, it does all come back down to the contacts because I started working work experience when I was 16 at my local radio station. And the programme controller, as they were called at the time, then left, I went to university. He went to a different radio station and called me up when I was about to graduate to say, I hear you're graduating in journalism this year. Do you want to come and work for me in Banbury? And that really was the springboard that, that started me on this role, I guess, from broadcast journalist to regional news editor for Global Radio, which I still can't really believe has happened in about seven years. Yes, it's about being in the right place at the right time, but also it's about making those contacts and putting your face out there, getting yourself known, and you never know what's going to come around from that. There is never enough right places and right times. And, you know, yes... There's a lot of luck involved there, but if you're in the right places at the right times, then you're doing the right thing. I'm Ruth and I'm interviewing for Spark. Ah, Spark in Sunderland, the student radio station. Yes. Quick questions uh, for you. First, of course, uh, thank you for coming. Ah, thanks for having us. Sorry, training day on the northeast and Yorkshire. You talked uh, how it's important that to keep a balance between the producer on air and uh, like how it is actually the presenter's show. But what if a producer has great content and uh, the presenter doesn't make use of that? 
Well, it's. I think any. That's a very good question. Any presenter-producer combo is a team, and I think we've both had occasions where I've suggested something and you've gone, "No, that's rubbish." <laughs> I say you as in Craig, who's who is in front of me right now. He is ginger and has a nice white shirt on today. And there's been occasions where you've said, "Oh, we could do this," and I've just had to go, "I'm. I'm not feeling it. I'm really not feeling it." But that's just that's the trust that comes from both of us. And I think it should never be a fight. If you're, if you're in a situation where you're in a radio studio and you're fighting with your producer, it's not fun and it's not constructive and it's not creative and it's not productive. And you've, you've, got, to have that, you've got to have that chemistry too. You've got to be able to agree to disagree. Because we have on many occasions agreed to disagree. Um, I know at the end of the day that Craig is, is the producer of the show, so he'd be the one that gives everything the final go. But Craig also trusts me enough mm. to, to come up with content. And he also uh, has enough respect for me that if I come up with a bad idea, he'll go, that's a terrible idea, stop it. Go sit outside and think about what you've said. That's like punishing. Do you do, you do punishment things? Uh, a, li a little bit. I don't think I don't think I've punished you. It's, I it's, uh, it's, it's five, minutes on, five minutes on the rack for crashing an intro. Oh, yeah. It's uh, ten minutes on the rack for um, not IDing the brand, uh, for missing off the station slogan. Uh, that is uh, 20 minutes in the freezer. Good, good. Uh, how do you think student radios can help our uh, students to become uh, one of you? It is the most important part of the whole thing. I owe a lot of what I did uh, and what I do now in radio to the early years when I wasn't a student radio but I was a community radio station which is of a similar thing it is a place where people can come to uh, learn the craft to make mistakes the important part is making mistakes and having people like me and Craig and like uh, the chaps from Five Live and chaps from Radio Newcastle come in and, and, and guide them a little bit because I never had that when I was at university I, there, was, you know, there wasn't this level of university radio which certainly didn't have a spark at Worcester University um, so to have a platform like it. I think the biggest part is making mistakes. Somewhere where you can like make mistakes and find the lines and figure it all out and, and forge connections within the industry. You know, because Spark does come with uh, a real uh, a, a credit to it. You know, when we hear that someone is working on Spark, it's like, oh, wow, that's station that, you know, we've, we've, there's been so many success stories. Um, Alex Burgess, who works for um, for Capital, uh, is, is a graduate of yours, among many, and one of, I'm sure, many that have been and many that will come. Uh, so it's, it's a really, really important part. And if you are looking to get into radio and you are young enough and you are, you've still got your energy, one, I envy you, two, get involved with something like Spark. Thank you so much. It's the end. I'm all washed up. Hi, my name is Stephanie Finnegan from Spark FM and I'm recording from the Northeast and Yorkshire Region Training Day. I'm here with Emma Snook from Amazing Radio, who has just given a talk with Chris Murray about what makes their station on DAB different. A year ago, Emma started off as an intern at Amazing Radio, and a month later, she was hired. Amazing Radio are now offering internships for 2016, and applications open in November. So, what's one piece of advice that you'd give to someone trying to break into radio? I think just, I think it's been said a lot, but just taking all the opportunities that you can because I mean I, I work for Amazing Radio now but I did an internship there for a month and I did not at any point even envisage like a job coming out of it it was just someone happened to be leaving kind of at the end of my internship so it's like lucky timing but I think if you put yourself in enough of those situations you're gonna get lucky hopefully at one point and um, so yeah just taking all opportunities um, and seeing where they go where they lead 
You said in your session that Amazing Radio have internships available. Would you be able to tell people who weren't there today a bit more about the internships? Yeah, so well, I did one of these internships this time last year. So they are really good because I've done, I mean, a lot of other, well, a few other internships before and Amazing Radio is definitely quite different in that it is very hands-on and I think it's because it is such a small radio team. Everyone kind of needs to do a lot of different tasks and quite busy for everyone's which means that you can get properly involved in everything and another thing that's good about it is you can shape it to what you want to do so um, when I first arrived they were like if you have any ideas for any shows or anything that you're particularly interested in like if you are more interested in like the head of music side of things then our head of music will sit down with you and show you how it's all scheduled um, or for me, I'd been, like the month before, I'd been working on a documentary. And then when I got to Amazing Radio, I was able to use the studios, like record a voiceover so it didn't sound so rubbish. And they kind of showed me how to do things. Um, so it's good in that respect. You can kind of shape it and get, get as much out of it as you, as you like, really. What advice would you have for people who want to present on the radio who have strong accents or accents that don't match their local radio stations? Well, I think having an accent is a good thing, really. It's a bit of character. Um, Lots of great DJs with strong accents, like one of my favourite DJs is Zane Lowe, who obviously has quite an unusual accent for English radio. So I don't think, don't, don't be put off if you think that your accent doesn't suit a particular station and I also think a lot of people don't really like their own voices anyway it's quite a natural thing I think if you want to be a presenter just focus more on what you're going to say and the content and talking about if you're talking about music make sure that you really like the music and you have reasons as to why you like it so you can big it up Um, I think there are more important things than your accent and why is student radio so important I think student radio is massively important because there aren't many places that will give you a chance to just learn um, from scratch. Like you're not going to just turn up at Radio 1 and they're going to let you like learn how to be a DJ. So student radio, not only can you be bad to start with and it'd be fine, but you can then progress and you can try things out and you can mess things up and it doesn't really matter. It's like a good learning ground learning um, experience if you want to get into radio like I did hospital radio beforehand which is good as well but you can be much more creative in something like student radio because you just have a lot more freedom and you're not tied to particular expectations from the station run free do crazy things it's good Hi, I'm Kyle Wilkinson, and I'm the voice of BBC Radio 1. I started at Spark FM. I came to University at Sunderland, and I was the voice of this station, the daytime imaging here. But through various of the stations that I've worked at, I worked with other voices. One of my mates, I got to voice my own show. I did the Monday Night Mix here at Spark FM. So I had an idea of how I wanted voices to sound through radio stations I've worked at. Uh, I also worked with people who wanted to work with my voice. Through the Student Radio Association, I was put in front of other people from the industry. I also worked alongside others, and I just kept asking the question, you know, is there anything I can do? Would my voice fit this? Or how would you best use this voice that I'm trying to produce? 
and through asking those questions to the right people, keeping on their radars, I actually got an inbox on Facebook, of all things, from the head of Station Sound at Radio 1. Oh, mate, do you want to audition for this? Which I'd done four years previous and failed at the last post, unfortunately. But then I reacted quickly to it. Within two hours, I'd left work, came here to Sunderland University, recorded a few lines that he'd emailed me, sent it off to him. Another hour or so later, I get a call. Mate, the job's yours. And a year on, I'm still the voice of Radio 1 and will be for another year. Something that tends to happen to myself, I've got a day job, right? I don't work in radio full time. I'm the voice of Radio 1, but as, I, as is now, I have a day job. And every time it comes up, that I am the voice of Radio 1, everyone says, hey, really? Well, what does that mean? And you say, well, I'm the voice in between all the songs or before the news. I'm, I'm that little, little snippet that you probably don't realise you hear, but I'm there all the time. All right, show us a bit. And you can't show it. It's not like a video or a picture you can pull out on your phone. I was at a training uh, course last month the question came up, eh, I didn't know you were that, show us what you do. And they made me stand up in front of, on a podium, like you have at universities with your projector screens. The, the, the leader of that training course, they're talking 13, 14 people in the room, stood aside, come up here and show us, Kyle, come up here. Do you need the, do you need the projector? No, I don't, no. Made me stand up there and everyone went silent and everybody leaned forward on their chairs. And all I did was say, newsbeat. And that was it. Like, what else am I supposed to do? And everyone was, it just went deathly silent. Is that it? Is that all you do? And I'm, well, yeah, what did you expect me to do? I'm not creating a film. I voice people's names, features, track of the day, tractor of the day, that sort of thing. And they're all so, like, hyped up for something amazing. And, that, and that's all I said. And it's a really bizarre thing to describe to people what you do. How, how do you... Describe, other than saying the words, Radio 1, Greg James. People still don't get it sometimes. If you're not in the radio industry, some people just don't understand. When I was introduced into the session today, the uh, gentleman who introduced me actually said, oh, we should let Kyle do it himself because you'll recognize his voice, which is fine. That's a different way of doing it. It's fun. And the crowd understand. The audience is, you know, will get it. And that, I, I like that. But yeah, in any other case, when you're um, out in a family meal or something and you know, distant cousins say, I heard something about you in Radio 1. Oh, yeah, I am the voice of Radio 1. <gasps> really? What does that mean? Can you show me? Oh, here we go again. It, it, it's quite a difficult one because there's no picture or website or video you can show. It's, it's just my voice. It's, it's what they hear there. I'm just saying different things. And, yeah, it, it pops up in some awkward situations sometimes. Really strong day, yeah. Great turnout. A lot of smiling faces. A lot of notes being taken. I imagine a few of us will get plenty of tweets and emails later on, uh, which is always key, which is exactly what a lot of people have been talking about, networking, it's a key part of these days, but it's always good to see a strong turnout. I used to be an SRA regional officer myself putting on these days, and it can be a little disheartening when some people don't turn up, but really strong turnout all day, so smiles all around. These sorts of days are key to, there's a small pool of people that you'll continually meet through these days if you come, if you just attend and you see all the sessions, chat with the speakers afterwards, you'll see them again somewhere, they'll remember your face if you ask the right questions, get yourself in that mix and you'll see them again and it could be that guy or that girl that gives you that job, so it's really, really essential to show up. A lot of the speakers have actually said in some part in their little presentations, you're actually one step ahead of the game already because you're sat here in front of me right now, I've seen you and I'll probably see you again, so it's huge. Keep all of your audio, anything that you record from your own voice 
or somebody else's if you're looking to use their voice in production for your show or your radio station, keep every single file. I've got two external hard drives, uh, terabytes full, of just potentially useless audio, but it's audio that I've recorded, that I've produced, or that I've voiced. Somewhere along the line, that audio has come in useful, so I'll keep it. Anything you record, keep. Secondly, network. At events like this, SRA events, any training days from companies, universities that you go to, go and say hello to the speakers. Put your face in front of theirs and make them remember you. Get a contact number, an email address, uh, a Twitter or, or something like that, and get in touch with them. Networking is key. That person is going to get you through the door. Then you can present them with your audio reel, but you've already got the audio, haven't you? So there you are, sorted. With voiceovers, another key bit of advice is reacting. Um, which is, I think, what Robin and Guy alluded to as well within their own little bits that they did today. And other speakers have said it as well. I get emails through when I have a sort of a 48-hour gentleman's agreement that I'll, I'll turn stuff around within two days for the BBC. If you can get on something quick, if you approach a program controller or a producer and they say, oh, can you voice this for me? Don't say, yeah, I'll do it next week. Do it as soon as you possibly can. Get it back to them so it's still fresh in their mind, fresh in their ears and they can hear exactly what you like, where the potential lies within your voice. If you can be on something, you'll stay in that limelight, you'll stay on their radar. Again, that could get you through the door. So reaction times are key. And for most universities nowadays, the technology is right there in front of you. I know that Spark FM in Sunderland has amazing facilities. I come here to record my BBC stuff. I don't have a studio in my house. I don't go to BBC Newcastle. I come to Sunderland. I literally come either first thing in the morning, because students are asleep, so I come for about half eight, nine o'clock, no students are in that time, studios are free. Or I come about six o'clock, when all the students have left, because they don't want to hang around, security's about to lock the doors, but they're still unlocked, and I come in, quickly jump in one of the studios, record my stuff, email it, and I'm out the door. Job done. I've, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook and Twitter, so it's at Kyle underscore Wilkinson if people would like to message me on there. I also have a Facebook page, like an open profile page as well, that I tend to put most of my stuff on, things that are going on. I like to take a lot of selfies when I'm in the studio. I can only apologise for that, but I tend to take a lot of little videos and, and things when I'm at Sunderland, so if you're around, you'll catch me at those times. Robin Banks and Guy Harris, who were both in my session today in some capacity, they have their own websites. It's just robinbanks.com and I believe it's voiceoverguy.com. Um, failing that, just Google their names, Guy Harris and Robin Banks. Both individually have a lot of experience and like myself, will have a lot of time to speak to others and offer advice and guidance. So feel free to contact myself or any of the other two that have been involved today. Thank you so much for joining us on 99% Perspiration, episode 21. Um, a big thank you to our guests, as usual, to Stephen Karen from Metro Radio, to Doug Morris, managing editor at BBC News, Tom Campbell, presenter on Heart, Anna Harding, regional news editor at Global Radio, Emma Snook from Amazing Radio, and, of course, Kyle Wilkinson from BBC Radio 1. Also, a thank you again to Steph Finnegan and Hulk Goraya, who conducted interviews this week, and to Spitfire Bullets. And if you're a band or a singer and want to get your music onto 99%, then do head to our Twitter, at 99podcast. It would be good to get your music out there. Thank you for joining us on episode 21 of 99% Perspiration, and until next time, stay productive, Stay awesome.